Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. What's up, you guys? Sean Rossat, managing editor of Fightful.com here. December 5th, we're here to talk about SmackDown Live. Head over to Fightful.com. Use our forums. Check out our podcasts, photos, videos, all that good stuff. I have an AMA post up on the Fightful forums right now. Go over there. Ask us some questions. Jeff has had a kind of long-running one over there. You can ask Jeff questions. All kinds of good stuff over on the forums, and we have exclusives all the time at Fightful.com. We're here to talk about SmackDown Live now. I am joined by Jeffrey Hawkins, a little under the weather. I'm going to power through this if I can. Also, uh, a little smoky here in the San Fernando Valley of Los Angeles. So it's 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 crap all the way around. <laughs> well, I mean, it's all legal there, right? <laughs> I just figured you were sick to your <clears throat> stomach because you knew you would never see a Christmas tree as beautiful as that that resides in downtown Lexington, Kentucky. Oh, you went the other way. I thought you were going to say stick sick to my stomach about the Bengals choking oh, yeah. another well, fourth quarter. A little sensitive, but I'm showing yeah. my support. Mm. We are also joined by one Anna Bauert, award-winning actress, host hostess of Most Ridiculous. I'm not good with the English language stuff. I don't know. I don't care. It all means the same shit. Hi. Uh, not necessarily. <laughs> She's just here to get the video demonetized, you guys. We had SmackDown Live. <laughs> we kicked off with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. And, like, despite the – like, even beyond the fact that I, I enjoy watching Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, at some point I'm just like, man, enough is enough for these poor guys. But by the end of the show, Anna, it kind of seemed like that was by design. Uh, is it, though? SmackDown has done a very good job at convincing me that these guys are actually the victims and the rest of SmackDown are just a bunch of dicks. 
Like, is well, that Shane the especially. Thing? Shane Shane seems to be the one just taking it way too far. Shane's a taint. That's what he is right now. <laughs> anyway. And on this day, no money was made on this podcast from Google. So they come out and they kind of air their grievances. They basically this is a round, a long fourteen minute way to get a Clash of the Champions match set up and a main event set up tonight. Randy Orton beats up Kevin Owens, who stays down the whole time. Like he was down, like it seemed like way too long, which I found hilarious because after it was announced that Kevin Owens would be handcuffed to the ring ropes, they cut to him for what I presumed was a reaction shot. And he was still laying in the ring. Like I thought that at this point, I thought that he had already woken up from the attack and then feigned falling asleep because Shane McMahon was talking. But no, he was he was still down and out. Shane McMahon announces that Randy Orton and the partner of his choosing will face Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn at Clash of Champions, and that tonight Kevin o- or that Sami Zayn will face Randy Orton with Kevin Owens uh, shackled to the ropes. Jeff, your your thoughts on this opening segment? Uh, not only do you enjoy watching Kevin and Sami, I think Kevin really enjoys watching Sami cut yeah. a promo. <laughs> Because the times he was corpsing during this thing was was phenomenal. I I, I particularly enjoyed the line, uh, as we in the business call it, ringside. I thought I, I just yeah. I howled. Um, the the heel shtick of deconstructing the actual rules of professional wrestling is one of my favorite things to to watch people do, where he is literally litigating to the crowd. No, I was not technically at ringside. Ergo, my actions were in the right. I, I just, I, I, the two are brilliant. Um, I, I, I have this strange feeling that Nakamura is going to be uh, Randy Orton's partner. Strange feeling, strange feeling. <laughs> Although Corey Graves made it pretty blatant, which we'll we'll get to. Throughout the evening, we see Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn backstage, like trying to think of ways to get out of this. Anna, as you mentioned, throughout the evening, it did seem like they were victims more and more, and we will get to the main event slot there. But, like, yeah, it does just which, I mean, they do bring some of it on themselves, but some of it does seem, like, egregious. Especially when it got to the segment with Daniel Bryan. They were being overly, like, especially KO was being overly nice to Daniel. And then Daniel was just being icy cold back to him. It's just, what, if this is intentional, good job. You've just gotten everyone on their side. But I don't think this is intentional. And I do love that they have made this whole thing. I mean, it was perfectly done in Sammy's promo, but these guys are the masters of the rules. They know how to play them. They know how to get around them. And it's all legal. These guys are the best. Why is everyone being dicks? By the end of the night, I really do think that, like, they, they were setting a little something different up. But, uh, well, we'll get to that in a bit. But, I mean, Daniel Bryan is, you can tell, like, throughout the evening, like, he's kind of challenging, at least in his mind. You can almost tell the way he's portraying it. Like, he knows some, well, since we're already demonetized, some fuckery is afoot here to Daniel Bryan. He already, he he knows. Speaking of just, taking advantage of the rules, but doing it fairly. Rusev and Aiden English beat New Day. 
Aiden English sings the 12 days of Rusev and he's interrupted. Cutting edge creativity as it pertains to interrupting somebody during song in WWE. I'm glad that they finally uh, gotten around to doing that once in a while. The crowd was ready to hear 12 days of Rusev. They wanted it. And Rusev looked just joyous. I am excited for this. I like this. I liked when Aiden English got cut off. He just said, what? It was wonderful. Jeff, what do you think of not not just Aiden English and Rusev, their, their work here, but they got slid into a tag team title match after this. Get yourself a girl that looks at you like Rusev did Aiden English during that song. Um, <laughs> yeah, I the the reactions were great. Um, I kind of expected this when they said that because of the triple threat. I knew they wouldn't leave it a triple threat. Um, they wanted a fourth team in there, and I don't think it's time for the Bludgeon Brothers. Uh, so I think they're putting them in this team to take the fall, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm excited about it. Still, I, I I like this duo. It's working for me again. It it it, it was it was a bit of a one joke thing for me at first, but now I'm, I'm loving it. Uh, new shirt is phenomenal. I yeah. think. Um, <laughs> and, and again, to me, just, just, I, I replayed the segment after the first time, just to, just to watch Rusev reacting to Aiden English that whole time. I thought that was just especially, uh, I want to be as happy about anything as Rusev is happy about hearing about himself. Yeah. <laughs> we have often talked, Anna, on this show about how when you have somebody to play off of, like Rusev and Aiden English do, especially in that tag team division, you can get over like that. And the crowd was the crowd was happy for it. Uh, I, inside the match, I like Kofi Kingston's uh, mushroom stomp. I like the Big E Uranagi. That was like him doing that to Rusev was something. And then Kofi takes one of the goddamnedest dives I've ever seen. And Rusev takes really good care of him. Rusev kicks Kofi in the back of the head for the win after uh, he throws Big E into the stairs. Did you see this win coming? And, like, I, you know, you kind of think, like, when when this happens, okay, that makes sense because they already have a triple threat match on that show, on Clash of Champions for the U.S. title. But, uh, like, going into tonight, did, could you have imagined Rusev and Aiden English in the tag title picture? Yeah, I think they deserved it. They put in some really damn good work. That whole beginning part, I mean, the only thing I wish happened was when Aiden English addressed the crowd, if he addressed them as the people of San Diego, that was the only thing. <laughs> Aside from that, when the crowd was chanting Rusev Day, Rusev just sitting there bobbing his head along and the shirts, uh, they just, who knew? Who knew that these two, like, he was with Simon Gotch at the start of the year. And Rusev was being punished for, I don't know, being married. Who knows? It um, is a shame that we don't have talking smack, so Kevin Owens couldn't make another <laughs> whale's vagina reference on on the San Diego episode. But uh, those are the breaks. Those are the unfortunate things. That... Am I the only one here who cares about being monetized? For God's sakes, people. <laughs> it's already gone. Jeff, it's, it's gone. in the past. <laughs> I need the cash. <laughs> I'm still gonna request that manual review on on YouTube just to just to bust their balls and make them listen to the whole thing. So we got Rusev and Aiden English added this tag title match. Of course, we will preview that show uh, next Tuesday. We'll make our predictions, and we have a post show uh, the night of Clash of Champions. Have a post show uh, me going solo after Final Battle as well. So tune in for that. That is December fifteenth, I believe. 
Backstage, uh, Mojo Raleigh makes a rather impressive case for beating the shit out of Zack Ryder. Like, I listen to him, and I'm like, yeah, I buy it. I get it. You you beat Jinder Mahal, and you won the uh, Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, and that was without Zack Ryder. Now, I'm going to let you all in on a bit of an info, because this is this is how much sense WWE makes sometimes. <clears throat> Luke Harper left the Mexican tour this weekend early. He only worked the Friday show. He worked the Friday show, of course, teaming with Eric Rowan. Against who? The Hype Bros. Who had broken up two or three days before. Luke Harper leaves the tour, and the next night, they have somebody replace him. Mojo Raleigh, who he defeated the night before. We didn't see Zack Ryder on this show. Anna, when do you think we see Zack Ryder again? Does he does he get involved in an upcoming Mojo match and maybe cost him and set up maybe set up something for Clash of Champions? Possibly. If anything, I'm thinking that Mojo is going to get involved. Um, maybe not. They set it up in a certain way that yeah, it, it makes sense if Ryder will come in. But they had a Twitter exchange. More so, Ryder posted something about you know he did this, he worked hard to get here, blah blah. blah. And then Mojo's response was, yeah, he was like, I worked my whole life to win this, to get here. And Mojo was like, whole life, that's cute. I won my first Mania. P.S. You rescued you from obscurity and brought you back to relevance. Oh, yeah, that was me. Shut up and fade back to nothingness. So from that, you'd kind of assume that he's going to go after him a little bit, but that could also just be them screwing around on Twitter and it's just going to be right. They're trying to interfere and everything if Mojo is on this streak now or this focus that he's the guy he can do this he did by himself my only issue and this is um prejudice one might say against Gronskrotsky but he was saying how you know how he did all this by himself he won the battle royal by himself and then he brought up my boy Gronk kept keeps on getting me um keeps getting me on for what I did to Zack Ryder it's like why did why did you have to bring him up you just reminded us that you won because of Gronk. So you didn't, you didn't do that by yourself. That was the point. <laughs> Jeff, you see anything? Uh, what, 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 first off, what, where do you see Mojo Raleigh's ceiling? Oh, Baron Corbin last year. I mean, uh, uh, you know, maybe Baron Intercont- Corbin last year. <laughs> uh, Intercontinental title run, maybe. Um, or U.S. title run, maybe the mid card title for a little bit. No, um, no, I, 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 I don't mean to to jump down Anna's throat here, but uh, that 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 whole thing is to establish heel credibility. Yeah, I did this all by myself, and my boy Gronk is, uh, you know, yeah, it, it's supposed to be the the disconnect there, it, it, and uh, and that's why you're supposed to hate Mojo. Um, I liked this promo a lot. I liked it more than I thought I would. I like a lot of his promos. He, does, he actually cuts really good promos. Anna, any retort? <laughs> I mean, if, if I got played for that, then I'm completely happy with that because that's what I want to happen with this stuff. That's why I watch it. As um, Shane Helms used to say, he sold you a ticket, Anna. Yeah, I'd be happy with that. It was just if that was deliberate and not just a name drop from WWE, that was the most subtle they've done that hey, in there. Yeah, then it worked. 
Yeah. Uh, Lana, Tamina, Carmella are all backstage complaining about not being a title match at Clash. Uh, Carmella has named her briefcase Frankie. Riot Squad come in and make their cases. Sarah Logan says that Daniel Bryan is prejudiced against people from the South. Liv Morgan says that he's prejudiced against blondes. And uh, Ruby Riot says that they don't meet his Bella standards. Carmella drops an Ellsworth reference. Anna, was this in good taste or bad taste? Fair taste? Like, man, this lost whole his thing job. Was in shit taste. This whole thing was just like, I'm. How many months have I been on this podcast defending the women, what they can do? And I stand by that. I think the women in ring can bring it. And if they are given the right material, I mean, it's, it's honestly kind of a to be seen thing. We know some of them can deliver because some of them have, you know, taken the ball and run with it week after week. It's just, it's shit. It it really is shit. I'm just, I don't want to watch it anymore. Like I'm, I'm sick of it. And it's the only good thing about that segment was when the riot squad turned up and Carmella turned to them and went, ew, like (laughs) that was it. That was the only like individual personality we got. When I looked there, like the most established dominating figure to me was Lana getting confrontational when they referenced her. I was like, is Lana going to kick somebody's ass? She didn't. Jeff, your thoughts on this this women's segment? I was a bit confused by the Ellsworth name drop. I, I really was because usually if you're gone from the company, they don't mention you ever again. And, you know, I hope it wasn't a cheap shot. But just to kind of a, hey – we're thinking about your type of name drop. God, I, and, hope, I hope they're working everybody. Uh, yeah, I'm hoping that too. That's that's the other thing I was going to think. You kind of stole my fire a little bit I there. Hope, I'm thinking, I hope they're working everybody. I'm thinking he may be coming back for the cash in. I really do. But if he's, so. not, he, if he's not, he's still at the Royal Rumble, I think, as a surprise entrant. I, I think that's all good. Um, oh, they're going to go with that. If they planned it for WrestleMania and they nixed Ellsworth as a transgender – They'll use it. They'll burn an entry spot on that. I don't doubt it at all. Santina Morella won a battle royal where they brought back like every woman ever. So, yeah. Oh, I was saying just a normal rumble, but the women's rumble would even make more sense. Oh, yeah. Um, And as for this, uh, I, I still think Ruby Riot is her personality is raising her status above this dialogue quite a bit i think she's i think she's gonna do just fine somebody keeps saying that they that ellsworth keeps tweeting his his date that he's free sure if they were working people he should do that Mm -hmm. backstage natalia reminds the welcoming committee who they are and then kisses riot squad's ass natalia says she'll be there to support tamina tonight we will talk more about that later I have one question, and that question is, mathematically? That's what Baron Corbin asked after Bobby Roode asked him how it felt to mathematically have a lesser chance uh, with three people than two. Ziggler is inserted to explain why he's in the match, and he lists off his credentials. They really hammered home how much Dolph Ziggler belonged in this match tonight, Anna. But 
I do still want you to answer the question. Mathematically? Mathematically? 33%? That's the Roods. answer. Bobby Roode's mental discoveries are so pure and true in these segments. It's just, it's beautiful. <laughs> um, and there was a nice little spot as well when Ziggler touched the championship and then Corbin had to wipe it down. That's a pretty apt response, I think. I guess, I guess, I mean, like they're, they're, they had to give a reason why Ziggler was in here. And when they did, but beyond because Baron Corbin versus Bobby Roode was probably going to be a boring match by itself, which is why I think they did it. Jeff, what do you think about them sliding Ziggler in? As far as a story, I mean, I guess it kind of makes sense to me because Ziggler did beat Bobby Roode a while back, but I mean, whatever. Shows a little bit of a lack of trust, maybe, also, and and wanting to up the uh, match quality, so to speak. We'll put Dolph in there. Um, these types of segments never come off as genuine to me, I, and I really just hate them, to be honest. Yep. I feel the same way. I do not hate the Bludgeon Brothers killing jobbers. I need these two guys against War Machine down the line. It's really all I got in this. Jeff, anything? Uh, two local boys from around here, uh, Pete Avalon and Ray Rosas. Uh, PWG, they've been doing bar wrestling of late, championship wrestling from Hollywood. Uh, I like jobber squash matches as well, um, especially against power teams. Power teams getting far over. I mean, oh, if, yeah. if you go back on the network and watch World Championship Wrestling, the 605s, watch any squash with the Road Warriors killing the Mulkies. And uh, and and you understand why they had the aura they did. So, you know what? Anything that helps Luke Harper is okay in my book. Yep. Congrats on the birth of his child, by the way, Anna. Anything on the Bludgeon Brothers? My question is this: Is it Bludgeon Brothers like you know how Superman is Superman as opposed to Goldman, which is a last name, not Goldman? So yeah. if they are Bludgeon Brothers and it's just not their last name, then shouldn't they actually be bringing the mallets down into the ring instead of placing them by ringside? Because that's their And their they lost they their first Bludgeon? name. If they are the Bludgeon Brothers, are they like Harper Bludgeon? They're Harper Rowan Bludgeon. Bludgeon? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's how we refer to them. That's, that's, then, well, that's what I they are that. now, Anna. Okay, I accept that. Well, um, the- I love the random slap in the middle of the ring. They did it last week and again this week where it's just for no reason one of them will go to the other, whack across the face, and then you know the finish is coming. Yeah. It's, it's fantastic. I just hope to ruin the joke now that WWE calls them Bludgeon Rowan and Bludgeon Harper as opposed to the other way they around. They had Brother Ray and Brother Devon in TNA, and it – so, I mean, I guess I guess you can do that. Bobby Roode and uh, Baron Corbin have a match. It's, it's fine until Ziggler interferes and lays them both out. As I mentioned – and they're going heavy on establishing Dolph Ziggler. He belongs in this match. That was what they were doing all night long with this guy. Yep. Hey, the match will be better. I'm cool with that. The match will be a lot better with Dolph Ziggler in it. Yeah, I agree. And I think in ring, he is fantastic. And they keep listing his his championship wins, his you know everything that he's accomplished in his time in WWE. But then how he talks about himself and how he's presented in promos doesn't match up to the accolades that he actually has. It's this, it's still like sitting on commentary. Cool. It means five minutes of hearing about how good and underappreciated he is. 
like it's just I'm really sick of this <clears throat> this gimmick. Over on the like, live it, chat, he can com- do it. Over on the live Sorry. chat, our commenter, uh, Mister Koki Eleven says Eric Rowan is a powerful ginger, but his head is too small for his beard slash body, and he wears a deadlifting belt to wrestle. Please escort Mister Rowan to the pit of misery, dilly dilly. <laughs> I would concur with, with much of that, but <laughs> do you have anything on Rude, Corbin, and Ziggler? Um, I Again, it's a trope that they go back to too often. The guy sitting at ringside either gets one guy thrown into him to start a fight, or I need to go take a closer look. Um, I wish they wouldn't repeat it so much. Uh, overall, I thought it was fine for what it was. Now, Anna, our, the, the mid-card situation in WWE was... Goddamn, hindered by gender, or, or actually not hindered by gender, is actually helped by gender because they had to keep at least one guy out of that main event program for a while. Now that he's not the champion anymore, AJ Styles kind of slid up. Randy Orton moved off to something else, and the U.S. title kind of is what it was again. What kind of a future do you see out of this championship given these three guys? I don't think they're going to stay very long here. Now that KO and Sammy are freed up once whatever they finish with this thing, I think that's where it's going back. Or something else. I just don't think it's staying here. If they, if they feel the need to insert Ziggler into this match to have something there. Yeah. Then, you know. Very good point. Charlotte Flair defeated Tamina, who was accompanied by the welcoming committee. Lana is still over. The crowd, chance we want Lana, and I'm sitting there thinking, well, goddammit, she's out there. Like, what What? What more do you want? Like, she can dance really well. I love really it if well. she turned around to them and be like, what? Yeah. Like, seriously, what? Fuck, I'm here. Do you want me to talk in a Russian accent? I can do that. Like, she doesn't wrestle anymore. But she dances really well. Imagine if they gave her a dancing gimmick. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. This match is lame and inconsequential. Jeff, I'll not talk about it because it'll be me burying Tamina. Uh, What do you got on this one? I think she got winded about halfway through. It wasn't wasn't her strongest match. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Anna, uh, Charlotte wins. Afterwards, Natalia cuts a promo, and Charlotte has to be bleeped for saying shit. Did you catch what, that? at the promo? She said, that Natty talking shit. And I was like, oh, snap. It's true. It she was really true. Is. Ruby Riot comes out and says, well, this is after Natalia says, you'll bow down to the best there is, best there was, best there ever will be. And Riot says, for once, I agree with you, Natty. Like, okay. Like, maybe I missed some backstage segment last week, but did I, like, miss out on some long-storied history of disagreements between Ruby Riot and Natalia that, like... No. No, I don't think so. Well, they had Sarah Logan. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming... And his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. 
Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As Denny Buckholder says that he didn't like the how deep the stereotyping was, saying as nervous as a cat in a room full of rocking chairs. <laughs> to which I replied, if anything, that's tame, because the actual term, the actual phrase is as nervous as a cat shitting razor blades. I've heard it a million mm, times. No, th- no, he, he's, no, that, that is an actual, I mean, th- those are two different ones. That's not the one we use in Kentucky, Jeff. Okay, fine. We don't, we don't. Nobody has rocking chairs. I'm gonna go fight Cleet Southern. No, but you shit, you you. shit razor blades, that's for sure. Well, <laughs> so we get we're a few weeks into this. Are there is there a connection between these two groups, the Absolution group, the group on SmackDown, or was it lazy writing, Jeff? Lazy writing. That's fucking infuriating. Mm-hmm. God, that's so annoying. Down and to even, their even, hair color. Up. Yeah, and even lazier is, is is the I'm going to say something with a catchphrase. I'm going to say something with a catchphrase. I'm going to say something related to my gimmick. I, I really – I just let them talk. They, they ruin Naomi with shit like that. They make her say, feel the glow every time she talks. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Jesus Christ, man. She's a human being. We all need catchphrases, first off. We all need catchphrases. <laughs> you have one. I've yep. got a few. I do have a few. I do have a few. You're right. Duty. Uh, <laughs> there, there are plenty. I know, but I don't We're not going to be monetized okay. this week. You know, that's another one. <laughs> well, well, that's because of Anna's catchphrase. <laughs> My ours play off of one another. You know. Proud. She she hits me with the tell him hawk. And then well, follow up. Anna, what what do you see out of the riot squad? This segment, how it went, like I wanted just... Paige to come in and smash the shit out of all of them. Paige <sighs> is the one where you actually believe, okay, this chick could possibly go off script. She could go and do her own thing. She has enough personality that it's believable and whether they've scripted her as tightly they probably have as everyone else, she can pull it off. The Sarah Logan thing with whatever stereotypes they may be going with, I like the fact that she has her accent. I like the Southern thing. It's just the words that come out of her mouth. (laughs) And that's not her. That's how they've scripted her. And who do you think's writing those, those lines? I just, I just wonder is road dog back there. So, someone who's never been south of Boston, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Their entire knowledge is Beverly Hillbillies, pretty much. It's I And then, that. you know, they, they're called the Riot Squad, and they come out, Sarah Logan's like, we're going to beat you down, we're going to smash the shit out of you. And then she stands there staring down Tamina. They all stand there staring down someone. Tamina is the first one to throw the punch. It's like, you are the Riot Squad. 
you you just promised us a freaking riot and all you do is stand there what you have to make an impact and they're not doing shit it's really infuriating this whole situation just pisses me off it's real to me damn it <laughs> I, hope yeah, we get hey, I, mean, I don't disagree with you at all. I completely agree. And like with uh, Alex and I were talking about it on the, the Monday show, like there, there are some parallels, but if it's really so lazy that down to the hair color, they carbon copied it. Like that's so st- like, that's why Peyton Royce and Billy Kay couldn't come up <laughs> that this Oh, sorry, you don't fit into our prototype of what we need out of these women. Sorry, goodbye. I hope Woodson is like the Earth 2 version. <laughs> Man. I just I don't understand it. Uh, main event time, Randy Orton defeated Sami Zayn with Kevin Owens. Backstage, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn had pleaded with Daniel Bryan to maybe uh, appeal this decision, reverse it. Daniel Bryan reveals three very large security guards, one of which is Eric Watts from Tough Enough 2011, Jeff. Mm -hmm. He now has more on-screen segments than any male cast member of that show since it aired. Andy Levine only got one. That one where, like, I think Stone Cold hyped him up and he had, like, some title belt or something. Yeah, Eric's uh, Eric's still working the indies around here. Uh, Empire Wrestling Federation, I believe. Uh, Give... My friend Josh is uh, fed a shout out. So yeah, he wrestled. He wrestled uh, Jack Swagger a few months ago at Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, I believe. Uh, good for him. I wanted him to win that that show after Matt Cross was eliminated. But somebody said, <laughs> once Vince got a look at how big he was in person, he'll be WWE champion in three years. <laughs> so uh, hey, I, I would think I could think of far worse people to get a, a shot at developmental than, than Eric Watts early, uh, but he went on to hit one of the best superplexes I have ever seen in my entire life. Anna, did you catch that? That was gross. God. That was beautiful and disgusting. It was horrifying. Like, usually it's just a little, okay, we're gonna we're gonna do the little, like, roll bump off the top rope. Oh, no. They went full on. Landed perfectly. It was great. Zane finds bolt cutters. Owens gets free, gets beaten up accordingly. Orton wins, but gets attacked, and Shinsuke Nakamura makes the save, Jeffrey. I'm appreciative of the pop that this San Diego crowd gave him. I really am. Um, It was on TV last week, right? Well, yeah. Yeah. Is it possible that keeping him off TV and they're kind of trying to maybe rebuild him, are they going to make him special again? That would be interesting to me. Well, Jinder and AJ were off TV, and we can go ahead and talk about that. Jinder will never be special. Exactly. I think they want him to be as special as they can. I do not think it's a coincidence. You don't see him woven in and out of like five segment storylines like you do Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. If they could and they thought that he could hold if they thought that he could do it, I think they still would. But how let me ask you this cuz this is just general this is going to be a bit of a uh off the beaten path thing. How desperate are they to not try and fill <laughs> this with 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 st- story furthering on both shows? The number of video packages for filler that we got 
this week on both shows. Long ass video. And I'm okay with video <laughs> packages. If you can keep I'm a guy off TV for a week and make seeing them more special, and you know, they they probably worked a dark match or something. Yeah. But uh Anna, what did it say to you that they kept gender and AJ off TV this week? They're still going ahead with that story and they want to push it out as long as possible and not do anything too much with it before India. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. I wonder where Jinder was tonight because he was not hashtag up here. <laughs> Orton wins. Uh, Nakamura makes the save. Anna, what do you think of Nakamura being slid in as a potential tag team partner for Randy Orton? Cool. It's just either Nakamura is very forgiving or he has amnesia over that time Randy turned on him after they tagged. So, yeah. I wanted to ask you that because you bring it up whenever they interact with each other. Like, mm-hmm. what has he done to gain Nakamura's trust? Like, are we missing whatever edible arrangements that Randy Orton is sending to Nakamura? Like, it just can be as simple as, hey, man, sorry, let's move on. Like, just acknowledge something or have a line or something where, like, Shinsuke hasn't forgotten, but he's being the bigger man. Whatever. Uh, Whatever. It's all it takes. One line. A nod. Mm. Like a sup in the hall or something like that. Like, anything. I I tend to think it's setting up an eventual RKO at the end of the partnership. Yeah, then he can turn on him again. It's fine. Mm. It doesn't, you know, they're not getting married. Randy Orton is snack. That's what it all boils down to, I hope. And they're not getting edible arrangements. He's totally a Sherry's Berries kind of guy. Yeah, he is. He is a Sherry's Berries. I don't want to know what that is. Loot crate, maybe. Oh, and (laughs) if you lived in the States and shipping wasn't so expensive, our reader or viewers with regularity would be sending you like edible arrangements and Sherry's Berries. Mm -hmm. Send me pop figures. I'll be happy. That's that's another good good call. Backstage, we see Daniel Bryan <laughs> talking to Shane McMahon, and Daniel asks if he's done torturing Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Shane McMahon says, to the contrary, I'm just getting started. I'm the special ref of Clash of Champions, and if KO and Zayn lose, they're fired from WWE. Now, I don't know how he could make that call and keep, like, Stephanie and Kurt Angle from signing him. Anna, do you think they explain it? Probably not. Probably not. I mean, it could be easy as, you know, he's pissed off Vince as well. Vince is a final call. That's it. A lot of people are saying, Daniel Bryan going to turn heel. And I'm like, if that's the, if, if Daniel Bryan going against Shane McMahon here is their idea of heel, I don't want to know what their idea of face is. Because the whole thing was framed for Daniel Bryan to be like, all right, cut the shit, man. A little much. You all broke up. It's over. Get your CDs out of his truck and GTFO. But no, Shane's like, no, nah, man. No, nah, man, it's not over. It'll never be over. Jeff, I know that you actually you tuned out right before this, but I mean, it seems like they're really setting up Shane McMahon like as abusing his power. Yeah, it's it's odd. I I think they may this may be one of those things where they are overselling uh Daniel Bryan's zealousness to make you think it's a swerve. Um but 
I could also see because look, we we just went over their lazy writing with the three women and the three yeah. women. Oh, all of a sudden, Shane now respects KO and Sammy for standing up for themselves and and going for the brass ring. And now Shane's gonna team with them. It, it could it could just be the most nonsensical excuse as a plot device we've seen. Yeah, I just get the feeling that this is gonna end up sending the Tainto meter off the charts. Off the charts. So it was announced this week that NXT is going to appear on USA Network as a part of WWE Holiday Week. Jeff, you think this is a gauge for WWE to kind of see what kind of interest there is in NXT on the USA Network? Because it's about that time to negotiate some new rights. Yeah, it's leverage. It's, it's A, we can produce more content for you if you'd like USA or another network of equal stature. Um, <laughs> I, I, I question the timing a little bit right before the holidays. You know, I, I'd hate for NXT to be negatively affected by the timing of it. That, that's my big worry. Uh, here, but I think any exposure to the NXT product, if there's not malaise towards the WWE for already having five hours of programming on during the week, nothing but positive for NXT. Anna, any thoughts on NXT airing on the USA Network? I I want to know what it means in terms of what's going to change if it does air a lot more publicly. Um, is Vince going to want to have more control? Is there going to be those kind of issues? If that's the case, I don't want it there. And NXT, having NXT on the network, it's kind of, for me, it's a huge incentive to keep the network. Also, WWE announced that Friday, January 19th, Saturday, January 20th, and Sunday, January 21st, the 205 Live roster will have their own shows Anna, any thoughts on them taking that leap? A lot of these guys aren't on the road all the time. A lot of these guys don't aren't, aren't at TV all the time, but uh, doing some special events, it looks like. The house shows? Yeah, it looks like it. Hmm, interesting. Uh, hopefully, we can get, can get them more exposure and get more people behind the product. Yeah, it could, I don't think it can hurt, and it can gauge what they can do with this this well, I actually it could if like two hundred people show up at this thing, mm-hmm. it could hurt. It I could think it hurt. will hurt. I think there's no interest in two hundred five live outside of the people who watch two hundred five live because I think people want this talent to be able to do what they do as opposed they to know. as opposed to this uh, this kind of you know remedial raw style that they have going for the show i mean look i think there are guys who are on the up now and drew gulak and i think mustafa ali in terms of their brand and they cedric and i think they'll be great matches don't get me wrong i just i think they need to rethink this um tour thing to be kind of a indie type thing as opposed to a wwe type thing i, I think yeah, the rebrand I was listening. I was listening to um, Jimmy Jacobs on Chris Jericho the other day, and he was talking about what it was like, what's what it's like for the guys to work on the writing team for Two Hundred Five, and how difficult it is because you have a lot of main eventers who can do exactly what these guys are doing. 
And I think Jeff hit it on the head. Make it a different feel. Make it more indie feel. Make it more risque. Make the content more, you know, aim it at a different market, a, a little older market or something, just to make it different and make the personalities stand out more. Because otherwise, yeah, what it, like what is the difference maker? What are you selling people on? They tried that with ECW when they, they adopted it in 06 briefly. Then they just got lazy and they're like, oh, we don't feel like putting up the set. But it's a different a time now. Like you don't yeah, need to I mean, do all the, the set and all that kind of stuff. It just needs to be about the writing and how, you know, and the personalities a little more like, I think extreme. so much of it comes down to laziness, I think. Well, here, no, it comes out of fear also. It comes out of, look, if something happens on this tour and fans react negatively, if it's something experimental, Vince is going to come back and go, no, our fans expect a certain kind of product and we're going to put in these kinds of guidelines for it to work and things like that. You know, as opposed to, I'd love to see them work American Legion halls. They can hold 500 people. Uh, That would be better for this brand. As is, then he, you know, then what's uh, go out on a risk. Otherwise this will fail. And it's a different time now. People are actually craving attitude era. They're craving getting away from the PG shit. So well, if it actually, it well, if it actually does fail, it then gives Vince an excuse to get rid of the whole division because it's a money loss. So but I, this I, fail either way. Yeah, from them not I, doing I, anything at all. Vince is big uh-huh. on those self-fulfilling prophecies. Like, yeah, he, that's what I'm thinking. He loves to prove himself right at all costs. Like that's just one of his favorite things to do, as we found out. Uh, some major shakeups in Impact Wrestling. Scott Demore, Don Callis, looks like they're. Uh, running the ship. They are executive vice presidents. John Gaborik is out. Dutch Mantel is out. Hmm. Jeff, any thoughts on this? I know that for some people, well, very few that are left, Gaborik was looked at favorably because Gaborik hired a lot of the guys, but a lot of those guys aren't around anymore. There's only like three or four guys like that that are still around. Actually, the one that shocks me is Dutch Mantel because I think he's pretty darn great um and that's just from interacting with him as well um i'm happy about scott demore coming back on the fold i really like his creative instincts quite a bit um <laughs> i don't know DeMore, what i think Dallas, gail kim jimmy jacobs abyss and borash is solid in my opinion did they hire jimmy jacobs i missed that news yeah okay good um i i just saw him on an indie here uh last friday so uh no, I, you know what? I think they're going to make it a small kind of Canadian-centric product, and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, I, I have concerns that they're still – they're enamored with podcast people to run them, but uh, – and, and it's a different – it's a different kind of game. It, it's like getting color commentators from football to coach your team after they've been out of the game for a while. I think there's a certain learning curve to get back into it. Um, well, as, as you mentioned, Canadian centric, they're going back to the impact zone next month. Oh, are they? Yeah. Huh? Huh? Oh yeah. All right. That's, uh, I guess paying people wasn't really something they wanted to do moving forward to show I, up to the show. You know what? I want everybody to have a job. Me too. But man, all these, all these, like closing down one location, and you're thinking you're moving to another one, and now you're telling me they're going back to the impact zone. Rough. Moving your head, moving your headquarters costs money. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Laurel Van Ness wants out. 
by all indications, and you better believe that she's going to get WWE interest almost immediately because she probably should have anyway. Anna, what do you make of all these changes? Like their roster this year alone, I think up to three dozen people that have been in and out of the company. They've survived. They've kept on surviving. Um, but how long can this keep going? I mean, with the mass exodus, it's kind of unless they can find people to replenish and people that can lift this, no, not lift the standard to, you know, like the talent did a very good job. Um, but I, it, it's just management that kind of let it down. If they can actually sort their shit on that behalf and get a roster that could deliver like they were initially, then they could be cooking again. But I don't know. This is, it's a lot of money to be throwing around without you know, making a decision for settling on it and moving forward. It just seems very like off the cuff decisions to no pun intended, make an impact possibly of the new management. Is this too much at stake to be messing with this? There's never any buzz for anything that they do. Never any positive buzz for anything that they do. Like, yeah, the last buzz they had was, was broken Matt Hardy, oddly enough, yeah. even though that didn't drive viewership. Yeah, and, well, and we don't know what, what they could have missed out on because they didn't take it to live events. Like the one thing that they really could have capitalized on with him, they didn't do it. Guys, make sure you all follow us at Fightful Online and at Facebook, Fightful Online. Check out all of our stuff over at Fightful.com. We had an insane amount of UFC 218 coverage, probably more than anybody else. But Jeffrey... Tell me about shake them ropes. How many how many hats does Rob Owen eaten now? He has eaten zero. Um, I know he's eaten zero. Yes, it, it's going to be an interesting week because I am struggling with my voice, and I have three podcasts to record this week. Uh, two after this. Um, no, shake them ropes uh, this week. I am going to nail him on this whole. Oh, nobody knows who Broken Matt Hardy is. Line of thought he has. I saw you were arguing with him on the Twitterverse a little bit uh, about that. He did get me. Nobody knows him in Omaha. He checked. <laughs> he checked. Um, I think we'll probably be talking a little bit of Clash of Champions. I'm going to have to get on him about some end-of-the-year stuff because uh, I think Christmas week is going to be a, a nothing show. But uh, also, I'm doing a show with uh, the Steel Cage over there talking Rise wow. 6 that I may talk a little bit with Rob as well. That The aforementioned Jimmy Jacobs and Laurel Van Ness were both on there. Uh, some big to-do in the world of women's wrestling on that show as they announced a partnership with Stardom. And they're going to be sending some people over there. That was a fun, fun time. I can't wait to do that. So that'll be out probably Thursday late at some point. Anna, I'm always seeing you doing stuff with EPW now. Some backstage interviewing. Yep. It is refreshing yep. to not see a backstage interviewer have somebody walk away from them and then they stare and they stare. Wait, does she say anything other than what are your thoughts or how are you feeling? I just want to say I'm glad you haven't been lobotomized because <laughs> that's what it looks like yeah. happens to all these announcers. The Dasha treatment? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> What's that? What's, how's that been for you? APW. It's, yeah. it's my, my second family now. Um, 
I love it there and I'm so proud to be a part of this company. Um, Reawakening 16 was our end of year show that we did a couple of weeks ago. It's now available on Vimeo, which you can find either at epwperth.com or at epw on Twitter or epwperth on Twitter. Um, I'm just really proud of the work that everyone's doing. I mean, the company's been going for 16 years. Um, and we've produced some incredible talents. We have some incredible talents and there is a lot coming up soon that will be announced soon. And I'm so excited about, um, so yeah. I've not seen a bad promo out of them either. And I don't know if it's because of the Australian accent, maybe I can't tell. (laughs) And if that's the case, then it works. And I found, I found my calling in life because in my mind, I'm six foot three dude who's massive. And then I look at the playback footage of these interviews and um, I was born to make wrestlers look good because I'm absolutely tiny, apparently. Of course, guys, you all can head over to Fightful.com. We have a lot of cool Royal Rumble content coming up for you. I'm going uh, to release the Fightful Books at Royal Rumble podcast uh, probably around Christmas. That way you all have plenty of content to come visit then. But uh, we treat Royal Rumble like our Christmas. We are going to have a ton of content up on that. So make sure you check us out. Tomorrow on the list, and your boy, uh, a lot of you were curious about my pinned tweet. We're going to talk all about that. That was an interesting situation and phone call that I got. But uh, go check that out. Of course, follow Jeff at Crap Game 13 Yep. How do you smell, Sean Ross? Will there be discussion about that? How do I smell? Oh, boy. <laughs> That is, that is, yeah. I, wait to, I don't know how to approach that story. <laughs> the Jeff Cobb smell story. Follow Anna at Anna Bauer. Follow me at Sean Ross Sapp. Thank you guys so much. Till next time we're out. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.